This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. I've been thinking about this service for a while and thinking a lot about Christmas. I have my first slide, I think, comes up as the holiday blues. That's right, the holiday blues. Because the holiday season is wonderful, and we focus on the splendor, the glory, the feasting, the presents, the entertainment, the food. And, and why am I the only one who puts on weight at Christmas time, huh? How is that possible? And there's so much focus on what's wonderful that we neglect to remember that this is a coming of light into what could be a dark time. And and a lot of us, especially I think in this year, have experienced a lot of dark times, a lot of grief, a lot of sadness, a lot of struggle, job struggle, work struggle, personal struggle, relationship struggle, you know, the list goes on and on, grief, loss, and mourning. And sometimes when you go into this... Facebook world that some of us travel in occasionally, or maybe a little bit too often, we wind up getting caught up with a little bit of the juxtaposition of that bright light of celebration, which is, by the way, an altered reality. It's an elevated reality, which is wonderful, but it's not the real world, or it's not all of it, right? That there's this dark side, too. And I guess the point is that people loved, and I think this is wonderful, but people loved to put up those pictures of, hey, my whole family is gathered together. Let's take a picture and put it up. Everybody's dressed up in their Christmas finest. Let's take a picture and put that up. Let's take a picture of this holiday meal. Nobody ever puts up a picture of, I'm feeling alone and in grief. I'll take a picture of that and put that up on Facebook. So what we wind up seeing is the bright side, and we can look at that forgetting that that's an altered state of reality, and that's it's this elevated state, and it's not normal. Not normal is good, but it's not normal, and that's okay. So I want to contextualize that a little bit with starting off with a story uh, about, oh, it was about six years ago now. I was in Sweden, and I don't know if, if you know me, you know that my wife and I lived in Sweden for a while. That's where we started our family. My first pastorate was there in Stockholm. So this was years after I'd left. I still am able to preach in Swedish, so I go over there to help out from time to time. So I was over there in February on one of those times, and I'm driving with a colleague, and that colleague has now passed away. He was a good friend of mine who was sort of like an uncle to me, and he's gone, and his wife is gone, and I have a lot of loss around that relationship that's actively disappeared from my life. But we're driving out in really super rural Sweden in February. And and what you have to realize is Sweden is very far north. So in February, the days are very short. And most of your time awake is spent when the sun has set or it hasn't risen yet. So here we are driving. 
And we're driving through on this little lane with fields on both sides, and it's pitch dark. It's just pitch dark, and it's this Arctic cold, because half, almost half of, well, I'd say about a third of Sweden is literally in the Arctic, above the Arctic Circle. But we're driving through this farmland, and, you know, it's one of those times where it's so cold that the snow squeaks. You know what that's like? And, and in Sweden, when it's that cold, any moisture that's in the air freezes onto things like uh, barbed wire fences, and it grows these cool little crystals, and any, any grains of grass that are standing beside the road grow these beautiful crystalline structures on them, and they stay that way for weeks. It's just amazing. But it's pitch dark, and I see a flash in the sky. I'm like, what is that? We, can we just stop for a minute? So we stop, we get out, and we're standing there, and it's just quiet as can be. And we look out, and we see the northern lights. And these beautiful, green, indescribable dancing flames in the sky, just gradually changing in the quiet and in the cold. And it's this gorgeous display. And then we look up and we see this incredible display of the Milky Way. It's like you could see billions of stars, points of light filling the sky. It was amazing. So the reason I tell that is, well, I have a lot of sense of grief and loss around the, the loss of this friend and colleague of mine that I remember when I think of that story. And I think of the darkness that's connected with grief. But I also remember this Arabic proverb, which just says, the darker the night the more brightly the stars shine. The darker the night, the more brightly shine the stars. Something like that. And that, to me, is kind of a cool thing. We have this passage from Isaiah that reflects this. It's a passage, it's a prophecy. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And that's an illustration of what's really going on with the Christmas story, that it's just the beginning, that our lives, to contextualize this whole Christmas season, our lives in connecting with God is about beginning to bring light into our darkness so that we can start to see a pathway forward. But it's also like looking up at the sky and imagining that each human being that we know and love. It's like one of those points of light that's shining even in the darkest times in our lives and that that has a lot of meaning. But I like the idea that um, we have to see darkness in order to be a human being. There's some connection there. There's a woman who is a comic author, she writes comic books, she writes novels, 
She happens to be my age, Emil Ferris. And we have a slide of what she says that I wanted to put up. Yep, there it is. I, I think this is so cool. There is the way the light shows in the darkness, and it is extremely beautiful. And I think it essentializes the experience of being human to see light in darkness. That to me, that to me um, sums up a part of what it really means to be a human being. That a human being has the ability to differentiate between darkness and know that it's a dark, dark place and see the comparison between the darkness and the light. And the more we're able to see that, the more human we are. And I just think that maybe, um, maybe it's a good thing to be able to experience those dark states when we're overly engaged in Facebook or when we're, you know, living through the Christmas season and we're in touch with some of that more difficult stuff that's going on in the context of our lives because if we didn't see it, we would be losing our humanity. And so it's actually, I just want to put it out there that maybe maybe it's important. Um, I think this is Thomas Merton. I have a quote here that I didn't put on a slide. But uh, he said, well, thinking about true darkness... We are in spiritual darkness. We are really in spiritual darkness when we don't know that we have fallen. So that when we're living in the darkness and we think it's light, then we've really, really lost our humanity. And so part of what I want to just point out today is when we are going through our Christmas season and we're feeling those alternating states, maybe we're wondering what's going on I just want to point out that some of that is, hey, it's a God sending a message to you saying, you are a human being because you can sense this stuff, because you can recognize what's going on. Yes, it's a mess, but it's important. So uh, as the band comes out, I want to just throw up the next slide, if you would. If the band is, yep, there you are. Thank you. I know, I know. I have this thing where I say as the band comes out and then they don't come out. But uh, today they were keyed in. Uh, it's really my fault. But I, I just wanted to ask this question. What is God up to? What is he doing? What are you doing up there? When we feel in those dark states, I think especially in these Christmas times where we're feeling it maybe a little bit more in contrast than we might normally, we can ask that question. And there's a passage, I think, that's an answer to that from the divine providence, which basically says, well, God cares about creating a heaven from the human race, a heaven from people, a heaven from you. He wants you to be an angel. He wants you to live happily, not just today and tomorrow and next week or next Thursday. He wants you to be happy and content and fully human today, tomorrow, 
a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, living in a spiritual realm where you really get what it means to be whole and human. And to him, what is really important is the big picture, the eternal picture, not just the here and now and the short term. So we go through tough stuff in this world. We all are going to go through tough stuff. A friend of mine wrote me an email and he said, basically, he said, you know, I don't mind the idea that I will sometime pass away. But it's this dying thing that bothers me. And the reality is, well, we're all going to go through this dying thing. And as we get older, you know, we, our bodies start to shift in that direction more and more heavily. And that's one of the realities that we have to deal with. It's a constant reminder that life has these dark moments. And that's okay. That's okay. But God cares about the eternal. He cares about our well-being from this point and forward not just thinking about those short-term moments, those time-bound moments. He's thinking about the eternal. So could you put up this stream of providence slide next, if you would? Here's another quote from Swedenborg. People in the stream of providence are being carried along constantly toward happier things, whatever the appearance of the means that the means may present. Whatever the appearance that you might experience, hmm, what does that mean? What on earth does that mean? Sometimes I'm not feeling it. Does that really mean that God is using that moment to carry me along? Well, it, it means, yeah, he's using the different experiences. He's using, to put it in my words, he uses the mess of my life no matter how messy it is, to provide the springboard for me to grow, to become more human and more of an eternal being. He uses that mess. I think that's sort of a stretch theologically for, for at least me sometimes, but I think it also is the reality that he is constantly offering me opportunities to grow. And I can think of many times in my life where I've been sitting here wondering, what on earth are you doing to me, Lord? You know, sort of the Job mentality. What on earth are you doing? And then I start paying attention and watching, and I'm always amazed at the gifts, not external gifts, but the internal gifts that God starts giving and planting in my life that help me to grow. I have another colleague who also is now an angel. He passed away about 10 years ago. He said to me, he said, you know, Dave, when we pray asking God for something, oh, he always answers those prayers. Every time we pray one of those prayers, he always answers it. Only he answers them with the things that he knows are even better than the things that we might be asking for. What's going on? God is thinking about that long-term picture.
All right, guys, thanks very much. Yeah, Spirit, lead me. I, I was thinking about uh, part of the message is that God didn't just say, suck it up, get out there and deal with those dark spots in life. He invites us into a partnership. He's constantly inviting us into a partnership. And to the degree that we engage in that relationship, we start to see things in a different way. And is my mic doing bad things? Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to trust that you'll come up with another mic if it gets too bad. Um, that's just one of those dark moments, that's all. Um, so, so God is there inviting us into this partnership. And I love this passage from Matthew where he's saying to us, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And he doesn't mean you who are carrying bags of sand around all day. Well, I mean, yeah, you'd include those people, yeah. But he's saying you who are laboring with those dark moments in life, you who are heavily burdened with grief, with a sense of loss, with change that you're not comfortable with, I will give you rest if you walk with me. I will give you rest. I I love this other passage. I'm just going to throw it out there. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That God is there knocking at the door all the time. And when we tune in and open that door, there he is lifting us up, giving us nourishment, healing us, helping us through it. Helping us through it. So what he wants is he wants us to partner with him. And he's inviting us to enter into a partnership where he's saying, my goal is heaven. I have this long-term goal for you. It's heaven and it's all this heavenly, timeless stuff. So partner with me and take some of this timeless stuff and work it into your lives. Work it into those relationships with the people you have around you. Just articulate it any way that you can. And as soon as you start doing that, watch what happens. Watch what happens. What happens is uh, blessing. We start to get blessed. And one of my very favorite passages, which a friend of mine who's here, Bronwyn, gave me this little plaque that we have in our kitchen of Jeremiah. And it says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil, thoughts to give you a future and a hope. That's an articulation of what happens when we start partnering with him. God starts opening us up to the light. It's like that light starts coming in. We start viewing what's valuable in our lives in different ways. Maybe we start valuing new things, letting go of some of those old things, And our lives become, from a spiritual perspective, richer. I have a picture here. See this picture? I took this picture this fall. I was in Kenya. There's an orphanage down in Kisi, Kenya, which is 
maybe a six-hour drive from Nairobi. You go down into the Rift Valley, which is a drop of, it's over a mile down. You go across this desert, and then you go back up to about 6,000 feet on the other side into this paradise of tea farms and banana groves and all kinds of cool things. And there is an orphanage there that I have been supporting for the last 14 years. Here's a picture on the soccer field that I took with the kids. It's just a selfie with my phone. And that picture, maybe more than just about any other picture, conveys to me blessing. And so when you think about the lives of these kids, these kids showed up at this, it was a church to begin with, and they, we just started housing orphans in this church, and gradually we built out some facilities to house them. But they were kids whose parents were killed in election violence. They are kids whose parents died of AIDS. Some of them just died because the medical care that's offered in that community is just terrible. So there's a lot of diseases that could come up and sweep through. There's a lot of cholera. There's a lot of diseases that are due to poor water and that kind of thing. Just this typical third world ruggedness that we experience in a lot of places around the world. So these kids showed up. They're given a home And we've been able to participate in sending money down to help feed them. We've been able to help organize some of their care in different ways. And what we see here, like, that is a great picture of a community. And that's a little orphan community in Kisi, but to me it symbolizes the community that we try to offer in our church Partly because it's amazing that we can have these connections that go around the world and we can participate in that community and help that community. But also, it's a picture of the community that I think that we share with each other where we are all hurting in different ways. We are all, in one sense or another, orphans where we have that loss and that we connect together And we turn to the Lord. God comes in and he gathers us. He helps us articulate and sense what's really important in life. And through that, we can grow. What I love about this picture also is what you don't see is that now some of our kids, instead of struggling to survive and maybe not surviving and ending up in sugar cane fields or in in maybe sex trafficking or some other really horrible ways to try to eke out a living, these kids are going to college, they are entering into trades, and they're actively participating and help building out their community in ways that we would have always hoped. So it's a sense of gather together as a community, love each other, support each other through the difficult times, build from that light that God offers us, sharing what's eternal and timeless, and wonderful things happen. Wonderful things happen. That's why I think we need a church. So for me, that's part of the real light that God is working toward, and it's a light that is 
in articulation of what is not time-bound, what is eternal, what carries over from this side to the next, because we actually carry all these connections over. We carry the love. We carry the connection that we've been developing with God, this partnership that I've been talking about. And all of that can grow with us today, tomorrow, next week, next month, and in in a hundred years, long after we have dropped off of this mortal coil and taken up an active life in the next plane where we are still growing, still becoming human, and more deeply able to rejoice with these eternal, more meaningful gifts that God is constantly giving us. That's the message. So what I'd like to do, thinking about New Year's, is I'd like to close with the 23rd Psalm. Because the 23rd Psalm, to me, is the reminder that God is there for us. He is working on leading us toward the development of these gorgeous, nutritious gifts of our true humanity throughout the whole the whole pace of our lives in those dark times, in those bright times, is constantly there, and he's constantly inviting us to cooperate with him in a way that helps bring these gifts into being. And what I'd like to do, and I know this is a risk because Chuck has never done this before, but I would like to invite you to participate with me, and let's read the 23rd Psalm together. So it's going to show up on the screen in maybe three different bits. I haven't seen the slides yet. And we're just going to go through, and let's read that as a community. And if you're watching online, read this. I will make this slide available to anybody who contacts me. You can email me. You can find me on Facebook and say, Hey, Dave, send me the slide I'll send you this slide so you can print it up, tape it to your refrigerator, and in the coming new year, when you start feeling some of those dark times coming on, have a read with this thing. This psalm has helped generations of people in dark times. So let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Just leave that last bit up if you would. Think about that last sentence. That is God's eternal message for you. Surely, goodness, there's no time-boundness to that word goodness. Surely, goodness and mercy 
will follow you all the days of your lives, all the days, and you can dwell in the house of the Lord forever with that goodness, that love, and that mercy, and you will have the opportunity to share that. That, my friends, is bigger than any darkness that can attack you, that can overwhelm you, This is transcendent. It's a gift from God, and it will sustain you. Amen. Now, we're going to close with a prayer. I'll say a prayer, and we'll have a little time for silent prayer. So, Lord... A lot of us have been through a terrific amount this year. Yes, we have celebrated your coming into the world, but it has been a dark time. We recognize that there are all kinds of dark states that sweep over us. And yet, Lord, help us to remember that you are with us. You are so closely with us. You're right there. You're there with your love. You're there with your infinite wisdom. You're constantly working within the fabric of our heart and in our mind, healing us, lifting us up, creating connections that we never could have created on our own. So lift us up, O Lord, and lead us and bless us on this journey. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.